Welcome to the 12th house. If you love wellness, well-being, spirituality, and intuitive business, and the fuck word, you're going to love this shit. I'm Michelle Palazan, the host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism. Delighted that you are tuning into the episode today. Welcome. And if this is your first time, hi. We just finished up a deep dive on manifestation, a couple of episodes with some awesome spiritual teachers around the idea of manifestation that I highly recommend listening to after this episode. And if you've been tuned in for a while, then Really hope that you enjoyed those. We got some great feedback. And a couple of you have asked if I've changed my mind about manifestation (laughs) because I'm very fancy, very mm, skeptical, very side-eye. I'm just going to admit it. I've admitted it many times before. Have I changed my mind? Yes. I feel like I've changed my mind on manifestation slightly. I have not changed my mind on the fact that I think that we should rename manifestation or someone should to delineate it from the sort of like MLM adjacent manifestation conversation that happens on Instagram and TikTok. So this is my invitation to you. I'm a projector. Can someone out there who like cares about this stuff rename manifestation into something better? Because I think that we definitely flipped over the rock on like the new paradigm of manifestation that exists out there. It's not all just like what you see on whatever goop and shit in the last couple of episodes. But I don't care enough about that to like take up that flag. So if someone else would like to do it, please do. I think that a rebrand of manifestation is in order, maybe a new name, maybe just like a new vibe that doesn't suck and that's not all like hashtag love and light and bypassing and <laughs> whitewashed version of like indigenous practices would be super cool. So that's my hot take on it. Maybe not a hot take maybe just an unpopular opinion that no one cares about. But if you haven't listened to the episodes, definitely recommend checking them out. They were all very good. And if you liked those, or if you've liked any of the episodes that we've put out in the last eight months at Holisticism and at the 12th house, can you believe that we surpassed the 100,000 listens mark, downloads mark a while ago? So wow, thank you so much. That's so cool. If you've enjoyed any of this, gotten any value out of it, just straight up or having a good time, it would be so helpful if you just hit the follow button or the subscribe button on Apple or Spotify or both. And if you're feeling like extra generous, if you want to go ahead and write a review, give us five stars, four stars even. We would love that. It means a lot just because like we make this thing and we cross our fingers and hope you like it. But also because we talked about manifesting through the algorithms with Jaleesa Cypress a couple episodes ago. And when you hit follow and you review, that tells the algorithms on Spotify and Apple to share this podcast with more people who might like it. And that's really helpful for us. So if you want to manifest more, quote unquote, manifest more conversations like what you hear on the 12th house in your real life and more, more of this in the wellness and well-being space and spiritual space, like more of this, then vote with your algorithm, my guy, and just go ahead and smash that follow button. Share this with a friend. Oh, that helps too. Sharing this like via text or via IG stories. Oh my God, that makes such a big difference. People find us all the time through you sharing on Instagram. So if you could do that, it would be a lovely energetic exchange and we'd appreciate it very much. And we are doing a giveaway this month. Everyone who reviews the podcast and then sends us a screenshot of their review will be entered to win the 10X Your Community Constellation, which is, oh, I think one of my favorite things I've ever made. It's an audio course on building your community and how to build your community from scratch. Even if you don't have any audience or any followers or a website or anything really, it's a very, it's not about Instagram. That's definitely for sure. It's about like literally how to build community grassroots style from the ground up. And I share a lot of my trade secrets and exactly how I built holisticism. And if I had to start over again, if everything got deleted off the internet that I ever have made, this is exactly what I would do again. So it works. And if you go ahead and review and send that in to the text message line below, then you'll be entered to win. May the luckiest person win. So we just finished up our manifestation episodes. They were fun. And we're diving into exploring meaning-making systems. So I'm obsessed with mental models and frameworks. And that also means that I'm obsessed with meaning-making systems because that's effectively all that frameworks are. Meaning-making systems 
are simple. You understand what they are, even if you don't know the exact definition. Meaning making designates the process by which people interpret situations, events, objects, discourse, and in the light of their previous knowledge and experience. So think of it as the lens that we view the world through or the perspective that we view the world through. It's our worldview. And it's colored by something, right? Or created by something. Meaning making systems pop up all the time, all over the place, right? Like religion is a meaning-making system. It's how we understand the world. But also like, oh, political affiliation, that's a meaning-making system or a political party or a political belief system. But also meaning-making systems are things like astrology and human design and numerology and the Enneagram. And even I would argue probably like the tarot. And I love them because (laughs) they help us orient in this world. And I think about this this way when you go outside and you're like on a lake maybe, or maybe you're on an icy road and it's the sun is shining so bright that you can't see anything. And it's really dangerous, right? Like you can see, but you don't like understand. So you're, let's say, driving down this icy road, the sun is shining and you can't see shit. And then you put on some sunglasses that have like, I don't know, UV protection or something. And all of a sudden you can see the road, you can see the ice, you can see sort of like, uh, you can see the cars that are coming ahead of you and in front of you. And you're like, this is great. I can now see things. Fabulous. I'm probably not going to slide out and die. Love this for us. And that's a great example of a meaning-making system that's helpful. But when meaning-making systems aren't helpful, it's like putting on blinders. So instead of using those lovely lens that helps you see more, and helps you see more clearly and helps you see nuance and understand and make meaning of the world around you. Meaning-making systems can get shadowy and shady when they act like these blinders that we're putting on where they make our or distort our vision. They make our vision myopic or smaller. And we often apply meaning-making systems uh, sort of like above and beyond. And they start out being these wonderful things that help us make sense of the world. And they they sort of devolve into systems that mm, interfere with our ability to be in the world in a healthy way. And I think a great example of this is like QAnon people, right? Where they may have started with some perspectives and views that are are meaningful and important and invalid and not only help them make meaning of the world, but also are not total conspiracy theories. There might be some weightiness to what they see and understand. And then they sort of go down a rabbit hole of that vision getting more and more narrowed in focus. And it inhibits their ability to be in the world. And all of a sudden, everything revolves around these conspiracies and this way of being. And when that happens, at its worst, meaning-making systems steal our personal sovereignty from us. But at their best, meaning-making systems create freedom for our personal sovereignty. They create an opportunity for us to be like, I can make my choices, which is great. (laughs) Anything that helps us not join a cult and really just pull our personal sovereignty back is a win in my book. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about meaning-making systems and where that line is. We're talking specifically about astrology, human design, and the Enneagram. And I don't know about you, but I have definitely met people who live and die by some of these systems to the point where you can't talk about the color of your socks without someone being like, oh, it's totally because you're a projector. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Sure, but what? <laughs> and I am delighted by the series of experts that we have that I got to speak to on this topic. And it's really fun. So I hope that you're able to sit in with us. And if you've ever sort of given these meanings, making systems a side eye, or maybe you're like me and you start out super skeptical and then you like jump head first into a meaning making system where you're like, this explains everything <laughs> and, and you do apply it to everything. And then you kind of like pump the brakes and pull it back and then you can create a healthy relationship with it. I think you're really going to like this. And our very first guest is Maddie from Cosmic RX. I was so excited to talk to Maddie. We actually got to talk for like two hours because we did a back-to-back podcast episode where I interviewed her and then she interviewed me and we just had so much fun. And I loved hearing her diverse background and, you know, she's had all of these jobs and everything has sort of floated back to her spirituality. And the other thing that I love is that she really has like gone through it. She 
as a business owner has had a ton of experience and not all of it has been easy. And she says that on this podcast. And I really appreciated her grounded perspective when it comes to astrology. That's why I also love Emily Rousseau and Jordan Schomer, who are just really great astrologers in the holisticism community who are super grounded and thoughtful and real people, but they're not like scare tactic-y around astrology and so rigid around it. I think that that's what happens sometimes with meaning-making systems is that they, again, they steal our opportunities to make choices for ourselves because they steal our opportunity to choose our own destiny when they really don't have to. So I love this episode. I had so much fun talking to Maddie. You're going to hear a lot about how Cosmic Rx was born and how really it kind of just blew up in the last year or so and that it's been a long time in the making. And I want to shine another light on the fact that there's no such thing as an overnight success. And I think Maddie is an awesome example of that, of someone who has really honed their energy and their understanding of themselves in order to get where they want to go. And I think at the end of the day, that's what meaning making systems are all about, right? They help us understand ourselves and they help us understand and empathize with the people around us. They help us, you know, be more human and be more compassionate around (laughs) our humanness. Because dude, it's so easy in this internet age to not have compassion for people, to not view people as human beings who have hearts and fears and shortcomings and to just sort of cancel people or, or eliminate people or delete people out of our lives the moment that we disagree with them. And my hope is that, you know, meaning making systems, we can use meaning, meaning making systems to have compassion and empathy for ourselves and the areas of ourselves that we've shut down or ignored or hated or or just like really given the stink eye to and we can embrace them. And by doing that, we're able to hold space for those elements that inevitably exist in the people around us. And I think when we're able to do that, we have a much more liberating experience of being a a human, right? And an inclusive experience of being a human because we're not perfect. None of us are. So that's the episode. I'm delighted to have you listen to it. I can't wait to hear what you think. And without further ado, here's Maddie. Hi, Maddie. Hi. (laughs) So I'm obsessed with you. And I feel like we've probably hung out on like another dimensional plane because (laughs) we just vibe and I love that. We're on the same wavelength. We have like the same memories and thoughts. I'm like, definitely we're hanging out. (laughs) I love that for us. I love that journey for us. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you a question. I just want to get right into it. When did you know that astrology was real? What was Mm. the experience where you were like, well, shit, (laughs) now I have to learn this. (laughs) Okay. So the moment I knew astrology was real, that I had to like go deeper in it always like heard about it growing up. My aunt's an astrologer. She also like studied with some really famous numerologists out West in California. So I was always like, okay, this is a thing. And like, I'd be like, yeah, that totally makes sense. But I probably were a lot of people can relate to is when I was younger, totally believed it in. Then somewhere on the way, you know, I went to a very like norm core muggle college university situation. And I felt Where'd like- Where'd you go I, to school? University of Maryland. Okay, cool. Because I live in two worlds where I'm like a witch and mystical, but I'm also like, yeah, let's tailgate and throw back <laughs> totally. some You're like, light fucking beers. rocket beer pop, <laughs> like a Navi light. Yeah, that runs through my veins. Absolutely. <laughs> that's on me being a very confusing human. So I, of course, you know, got to college and just felt like, you know, some people said they like didn't know themselves in high school. High school, I knew myself. I was weird. Wow. College, I was like, oh, I should kind of blend in more long story long I just like abandoned everything about me that was like witchy or weird I was like I gotta fit in I gotta get a job I gotta go to career fair like do I be an accountant that seems (laughs) awful but like that's what everyone's doing here so what like then I like imploded I ended up moving to Costa Rica after I graduated college because I was like I hate everything about like what this path I'm on so that was very helpful to kind of like rewild connect back in like shake off all of that that dust of like you know all the limitations I put on myself, but it wasn't until I never understood this, these two parts of me. And then when I really, as an adult, right before my Saturn return, started reading about my Pisces moon on my midheaven, I was like, ah, okay, Virgo. Cause I'm like, my Virgo was like, get a job, do Accountant. things normally, right. have, be, 
be an accountant. Like that TikTok, <laughs> I'm an accountant. It was like, <laughs> yes. do something that like people understand and, and yes. be in the business world. And I love like talking shop with like, you know, when you were talking about, you know, meeting with like the bro investor people, I'm like, I've always like been like, yeah, I like being able to hang out in those spaces. And, but I am also like artistic and weird and mystical and kind of out there, but I always wanted to be like taken seriously, whatever that mm. meant. And I just didn't really know, I'm like, I'm an artist, but not I'm spiritual, but something else too. And so reading about my Pisces moon on my midheaven was the first moment I was like, oh, okay. And then I had only about a billion moments since then. But that was it. And I think most people finding their moon sign is like, oh, right. Totally. I would upvote that as a Scorpio moon. He's like, but why am I so intense? And like, uh, I'm Pisces. I'm supposed to be like loosey-goosey and flowy and head in the clouds. And I just didn't identify with that at all until I understood. I looked at my full chart. Yes. And, you know, speaking of Scorpio, that was like my personal journey with astrology. And then when I started studying like collective astrology, what's happening to all of us, I'd be like, mm. oh, okay, I get it. I get it. But I remember when Jupiter moved into Scorpio, I was like, okay, Jupiter's going to be here for a year expanding and giving us blessings and kind of like shining a light on Scorpio things for us as a collective, I was like, I don't get it. And I was like tracking all these big planetary movements and it's like Scorpio, shadow, power, dynamic, sex, sexuality, taboo, yeah. like what? And then three days later, like Harvey Weinstein news broke, Whoa. Me Too movement. What? And it was like the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. I'm like, guys, this is, so that was my collective aha moment. And then the moon wow. was my personal. Wow. Okay. So you always were into it. You moved away from it. You had a retrograde and then you returned. And <laughs> absolutely. Oh, and being on your 20s, being in your 20s is so confusing. To anyone listening to Love. us in your 20s, your early 20s are weird. Dude, they're so weird. They, I know that everyone old says this, right? They're like, no, your 30s are the best. Your 30s are the best. The 20s are so hard, but they're so fun, but they're so hard. It is true. I mean, like, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self now? Or 20-ish self uh, mid, um, at, the, at the height of the, like the height troubled of like the 20s. Weirdness, the troubled yes. 20s. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. Psst, come here. This is all made up. Everything you're worried about is completely made up. No one has any idea what they're doing. That person you think has their shit together, that CEO, they don't know what they're doing either. Like, just have fun. Be curious. Follow the things that light you up. Don't worry about having your shit figured out because that's lame, boring, and not even possible. So I think I was like, a lot of this doesn't matter. Cause I think at like 24, I was like, Oh my God, I need a real job and like health insurance and like 401k and like all this stuff. And all my friends who, you know, had that went into their Saturn returns and everything like blew up anyway. So Mm -hmm. also before we had more awareness. I feel like now people in their twenties have more consciousness. Yeah, Uh, That's when I started to get into like my healing, but it was really on the side. And I felt really kind of ashamed about telling people like Mm -hmm. my interests or the things that were helping me. So yeah, my 20s, like 23, 25, 26 year old self, I'd be like, stop sweating this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like be a be a little bit of a salute, you know, like yeah, have, like be a little salute, have fun, <laughs> get weird, just yeah. make it your job to be like curious and yes. like ex- try everything, you know, within reason, and just like ex- explore, experiment, find out who you are. Mm, I like that. It's kind of this idea that you can't build a house on a rocky foundation. And if you start trying to build a life on an identity that isn't solid, which it shouldn't be in your 20s, your 20s are about self-actualization and really pushing against your identity and poking holes in it. And so it can get stronger and more solid. It's breaking it down to build it back up. It makes sense that when people hit their Saturn return, it's not just a speed bump. It's like, you know, Miley Cyrus coming in on a wrecking ball, knocking down the house because there's no solid foundation Absolutely. there. It's, it, you're, you're furked, you know? Yeah. She's just straddling that wrecking <laughs> ball and just gleefully knocking down <laughs> exactly. every coping mechanism, every 
false like part of your identity you've built up and she's like we yeah and you know what you're actually you're making me think of something too I always like I'm very my Pisces moon is just always like whatever man and then I'm like forget things I'm like oh yeah all those traumas that happened to me damn it um, <laughs> up into my 20s too I really you know and in your progressed lunar return the year before your Saturn return and your Saturn return you are really like questioning everything mm-hmm. that someone told you who you had to be and this like tie it's like your upbringing your roots your home your family of origin versus like what you came here to do and who you came here to be and I grew up in an amazing home big crazy family one of four girls my parents would both work for themselves I think that's why I was like wow oh, I just knew that I was gonna work that's for cool very cool we also grew up in this like very conservative like Christian environment my dad is like not, he's like a mad philosophical poet, cool. rambling man. Like you've had me reading like Idiot's Guide to, you know, the Quran and the Torah. But Your dad sounds like my dad, just a philosopher. philosopher. Yeah. Question everything, you know, double mm-hmm. Gemini Leo, just like, you know, turn everything on its head, you know, the kind of thing. My mom, just a little bit more of like very pure, very sweet, very Christian. And I grew up in this environment where I felt like the things that really fuel me now all seem in direct contradiction. I loved mm. spirituality, but I also loved like this idea of business and entrepreneurship. And I also just felt like very, like, it sounds funny to say, because I'm talking about my childhood, like very like sexually open or curious mm. or just very yeah. like, yeah, like sex. Like it seems like something we should talk about more. And there was like three interests, so to speak, of mine, the three things that I was always interested in like reading about or talking about or lit me up, all felt they could not be more like <laughs> not tied together. Right. <laughs> and growing up in this you know, more like conservative Christian home, especially the sexuality part was like, what? So a lot of my 20s were like playing like whack-a-mole or pushing balloons down in a pool, like pushing down uh-huh. my personality only for them to like pop up at like the worst moments or like in the most self-sabotaging ways. <laughs> so yeah, I forgot about that component of my 20s too. <laughs> yeah, those, but those are like the most interesting and powerful parts of life are the areas that have the most power are the ones that are often the most taboo. Like we, we villainize them the most. We push them down the most because they have so much power. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have a job where you can you can do whatever you want. Oh you yeah, can bring do all I those want. things together. Oh yeah, I've had so many like business coach or people have been like, you got to niche down to one subject. I'm like, no, I am going to talk about getting yourself off, building a business, <laughs> dismantling systems of oppression, and also just like crystals and ghosts. Okay, and. <laughs> If you can't hang with that, that's yeah. your own problem. <laughs> if you can't handle that, if that doesn't fit in, you're boring. Thing, that's what that means. Profile. <laughs> you know what I mean? It means you can't sit with me. <laughs> no, that, yeah. Totally. I'm so curious. I want to double click on something that you said earlier about wanting people to take you seriously. And I resonate with that so much. And I feel like, well, I resonate with that as a main motivator for me a while ago. And now it's something that I don't think about a lot. And I'd be really curious how you're like, how that's shown up for you and how, if that's still really part of your decision-making processes day to day. Yeah. There's a lot to speak on that. I will start off by saying definitely not part of my process anymore (laughs) because I don't think you'd really be doing what I do or you do what you do if that's like your main concern. Um, (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And I actually, almost to the other end of the spectrum, I forget that the things that, you know, I've built my business on, that I work with people day to day on, the tools that we use to change people's lives completely, I forget that they're like, people don't quote unquote, take them seriously. I'm like, yes. like caught up. I know we were talking before where someone doubted to you that like wellness was a thing. There is something about like, I don't know, the heavy moving like space of humanity, muggle life, like moves very slow. Sometimes I'm like, I thought we all were on board at the very least that energy was real. Like I was like, oh, we're still like having that conversation. We're still talking about like food is like good or bad for you. I was like, oh my God. Yes. I'm like, yes. I'm like, oh, and then therefore, like, you don't, like, not everyone's, like, hep to at least, like, certain things. I talk about energy, 
like the moon affecting us. Like this is like low level 101. So yeah, I definitely stopped caring a while ago. And I I won't say it was easy. It wasn't like one day I just woke up and was like, ah, I don't care what people think about me. I think it was a mixture of feeling, you know, really passionate to do what I do, feeling really purpose driven and feeling like I had permission from my birth chart to do what I mm, wanted to do. Like, cool. okay, this is what I'm here to do. And then from there, just watching like the proof in the pudding of like, watching people's lives around me completely transform, take a 180, people stepping into these really like empowered, aware, sovereign versions of themselves and then helping other people. I'm like, even if this is like fake, (laughs) something's working here. I think like you said, just being in circles and being in inner circles from other businesses I owned, I've had the privilege of just, yeah, hanging out people who are celebrities or high up in their field or cool founders and hobnobbing, you know, in New York city and just being like, you're not, you're not on some pedestal that I thought you were on. You're also just have wounds and you're figuring things out and you're maybe putting on a better, like glossier, like front facing image to the world of it. But I think the combination of like being captivated by purpose, passion, Mm -hmm. the proof, and then realizing back to what I would tell my 20 year old self, who do you want to take you seriously? Because like these people, like, no. And so it's something I haven't really thought of in a while, but just you bringing that up. I remember that was something like in college in my early twenties, I was like, well, I don't want to be like an artist or an entrepreneur because I want people to take me, I want to do something that's like and of impact and that I'm Mm. smart. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, I am white, able-bodied, cisgender, straight woman. So I I don't carry a lot of identities that have been systemically ignored or disrespected or oppressed, but just even being a woman, some of the conversations that, you know, we had previously, yeah, every job I had, my boss hit on me. Every time I Mm. thought I was doing something because of how smart I was or how clever I was or how strategic I was, it always somehow came back to like someone making a remark or staring at my rack or Mm -hmm. thinking that they were interested in me because of my ideas. And then they just wanted to, you know, make a move on me. So I think that I had a chip on my shoulder about Mm. being like, no, I want to be serious. I don't want to be this woman who people just look at as however, you know, and and when I say people, I mean, white men, (laughs) the bros. And that was like a big part of my personal narrative that had to rewrite that story for sure. Wow. And okay. First off, thank you for sharing that. I resonate with that. And I'm sure many people can resonate with feeling like gaslit by your capabilities and also how people treat you thinking that you're getting something for one reason and then sort of out of nowhere getting sucker punched and be like actually who knows who knows why you got that it's maybe because someone wanted to fuck you it's maybe because you're good at your job who really knows it's really hard to disentangle and I feel that a lot of people who experience marginalization, when I talk to them, especially like my friends who are black women, who are founders, who are raising money, one question that comes up a lot is like, am I not getting money because of my identity? Am I not getting money because my idea is bad? Because they're telling me it's because of my idea. But is that true? If I were in a different body, would they be giving me a different Mm -hmm. answer or a different set of feedback? Mm -hmm. And you really don't know because we have these singular experiences, right? We can't Mm -hmm. go trade bodies for a day, parent trap, Freaky Friday (laughs) style. It's actually like crazy making. It can It's a complete mind fuck. And you doubt so much about yourself and your talent and your experience and what you bring to the table. And I think it's another tool, whether consciously or subconsciously, that was created to distract us and to be yeah. out of that place of power. Cause you're so busy, like, especially before you really, you know, self-actualize and step into a place of like knowing what you bring to the table, you just spend so much time in this like self-doubt or imposter mm-hmm. syndrome or like, or then there's also the qualifier. Like, did I only get this because they were trying to like diversify here or mm-hmm. like it's it's a mind fuck in every way and I think it's just about having conversations with other people and being open about it yeah. um, I also did spend truth be told six years of my life where I'm like I'm not working with any men I just needed to like detox same <laughs> I was like, I'm never gonna work with a person like that again I'm now open to it I'm not going yeah. to but I needed to heal <laughs> I, I needed to heal I needed to you know we all had to go I had to go like heal exactly my little sanctuary get my strength back now I'm ready I'm back I'm ready <laughs> she is ready do you think that I because I know you have a business partner first off oh my god 
I found out about you because of, and I thought this person is brilliant. Whoever is behind this is brilliant because of a viral Instagram post that everyone was sharing about that they got from Cosmic RX that was like all of their astrology in like a Mad Lib style share. And I was like, whoever did this is a genius because they're capturing a bunch of emails and this is going viral and whatever they do is going to just pop off. And how brilliant, like what a G, I can't wait to see what they end up doing. <laughs> and then you launched your podcast and I was like, she is a G. I knew it. Like <laughs> I called it. And this is so cool. And I'm curious, have you always been a business genius? And how does your business partner play into that? You know, for me, so much of this has been like, especially the cosmic RX, cosmic revolution, spiritual component of like this business has been just a path of like, okay, what what do people want next? And it's been very like blindfolded, like just taking a foot out and just trusting the next like step or rock will appear because we started doing this with my business partner. I was running my other two businesses. I had a cold press juice shop in Montauk. And we did like nationwide shipping and orders. We worked with restaurants, huge, huge business. And then we had a coffee shop in Brooklyn that had its own cool. like, like viral success. And Wait, what, it, what coffee shop in Brooklyn? It's no longer there. It was called the end Brooklyn. Yeah. So we had this shop and again, just there following one thing in front of the other, like throwing things at a wall. Every part of my business has been like a milestone of like my personal healing yeah. journey. And it was right after Trump became president. And I was like, mm. we all need something here. That's so like, <laughs> I got this download of like, we're all going to be like waking up a lot over the next four years. And so I was like, okay, make drinks with things that seem fun and are Instagrammable, but make them have cool ingredients that connect people mm. back to like, health and wellness, but making things accessible, not affordable because we couldn't afford to make it affordable, but it was like, make things like fun, have people have like blue green algae or, you know, shisandra berry or at the time like CBD. And, and it was really, really fun, but it was stressful in some ways. Anyone has like a brick and mortar. Dude, it's so hard to have a brick and mortar. About to you. It was like every day. It was just something, especially in New York city. It was like, oh, this pipe exploded. And now there's like a pigeon that's taken over the cappuccino machine. He's really and mean. Have, and we have to pay him. And yeah. he's kind of bossy. And I'm like, oh God, okay. I mean, like the stories I could just tell you from that. But again, so much, so much learning. And I was running these like moon circles in Montauk mm-hmm. because I kind of grew up studying astrology very lightly from my aunt. I returned to it. And for me as a you know female founder, I was working with four other male business partners and they were all related. So it was like, oh my gosh, you were working with a family business of men. Um, So it was all, every life lesson I've had to learn, I've learned it through my business. Cause I was like, oh yeah, you're gonna have to learn about like boundaries and like standing up for yourself and defending your intuition and your Mm. ideas. And I am very grateful for that experience, but it was also like challenging and self-care and honoring yourself as an entrepreneur is hard in general because- no boundaries, constant demands on your time, energy. You're not making a ton of money. You just feel like it's like having a new baby, but like forever. I was like, oh my yeah. God. I'm like, it's, it really is. Not like, you know, trying to scale and find the support and it, whatever it was, it, it wasn't like super healthy how we were growing our business. We grew very fast. Uh, it, I was like, I have to start working with things that are cultivating and helping take care of like my inner world. And that's when I started like doing these moon circles. I literally had a dream that was like, get the women in Montauk together, do some moon work. And I was like, okay. Mm. And I like brought it up to my friend who was like a boss, like manager of this big restaurant there. She gathered everyone. And then I was like, okay, who's going to lead this thing? And they're like, well, you. Like, it was your <laughs> idea. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so tired. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm just sweating. Oh. And, and then I saw, you know, like a cardinal outside the window, which is, you know, if you're anyone, who, anyone who's ever been to a psychic, it's like when a cardinal comes around, it's usually a very like blessed, blessed bird to see. And I was like, all right, I got this. So we led the circle. I started going deeper into my own work. And I kind of just noticed really fast the power of gathering together, the power of like taking that time, the power of honoring these other phases and rhythms. And as a cancer, fellow cancer rising, I was like, all right, the, once I started working with the moon, it was like, great, life 
change. I felt like I mm. finally understood how other, I'm like, oh, this is how my energy works. Like mm. I am not really meant, I change moods every two days. I need to work <laughs> with the moon. Like I was like, before I work with the moon, I was very unwell. Sometimes my mental health really suffered. And I'm not saying it's a cure-all for that, but it helped me understand how to honor that. And this woman started coming to the circles. She was a really talented photographer, my now current business partner, Audrey. And she's like, we should do something with this. Like, you should do more of this. And I was like, how? I'm so burnt out. I have like no bandwidth. And like, and she's like, no, like what you're teaching people here in these circles and what you're working on, everyone needs to learn. And I was like, huh, what? And at the time I was like, will you make a website and a YouTube channel? And I was like, no. I, like, I was like, <laughs> you're like kicking and screaming. She's like dragging my, you. My like Virgo Pisces is like, or I could be a mysterious witch in a hill in a secret forest that only certain people come to find me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'm like, I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> we literally were just like, all right, let's just start. And I had a few just, you know, wild spiritual experiences of the universe basically shoving me in that direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so many things, I'm like so many tangents, but basically I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And exactly, you know, what you were thinking about one of the things that fueled you with holisticism. And I was like, if I work with people one-on-one, I was doing some healing work on the side, readings, energy work. I was like, I can only maybe at best affect a thousand people in my life, like how busy I am right now. And I was like, I want to teach people the tools that have helped me a lot. I want to amplify and create platforms for other people doing this work. I just want everyone to experience Mm. this part of themselves that's so much bigger than like what they experience in their day-to-day, all of like everything, mindset work, embodiment work, bringing more pleasure in, working with astrology. I'm like, I just want to make all of this, bring it to people. But I had no like clear business plan. We just Mm. started like throwing stuff at the wall. We're like, okay, we're going to do events in the city. We're going to do like crystal readings. We're going to (laughs) do... And we just kept like, we would do something and we were there for one thing and everyone liked like this other thing we're doing. So we'd be like, okay, now we're going to do that. And it was a very fluid, like we were like, we're here to serve people. So if they don't want that, like we were doing meditations, but they were actually more interested in hearing about, you know, something affirmation work. We're like, okay, we're, we just kept following that. And we actually created that birth chart decoder there's like similar things that just exist out there, like Mad Lib things of astrology. It's like, this is so smart because you have to pop it in yourself. It just helps you understand astrology. Like Mm -hmm. people look at a birth chart. It's the most powerful thing you can look at in terms of understanding, or I believe your soul's blueprint, your gifts, your, you know, all these things you have to share with the world, your obstacles, your shadow, but like, we just look at it and either think it's fake or it seems so overwhelming. Overwhelming, yeah. And like, it's a different language or it's very, also very gate-kept in certain, you know, now less so, but the time. So we just made this thing to do at events at Soho House. We did like four events and we're like, let's just make this thing just so people can like look at their chart in a way they understand versus just, because again, I was like, I'm talking to a big group of people a lot of them, this is their first experience with astrology. I want them to like get it. Yeah. We made that thing. We forgot about it. We just like sat there. We hated the way it looked. We're like, this no. not even like, we didn't even like, we're like that thing. We're both perfectionists in certain ways. We're like, we need to do it better, different. It just like sat in the ethers no. with my LinkedIn profile no. out there. <laughs> and then someone like, like a year later, someone found it and it just like what? popped off. A year them. later? Oh, like the internet is such the a internet. Space. People, it's such a space. The internet do not underestimate the do internet. Do not underestimate. It's like one big manifestation cord of like you don't know what's going to be amplified or sent out. And then it was like, oh, we have a lot of people signing up. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, our, our website just crashed. Oh, we have this. Oh, we have that. We're like, oh, oh, and we're just like, Whoa. and so we're like, okay, this is something that people are interested in. Clearly, so you know, then we've kind of shifted and now we feel like very clear in our business model. But at the time when like the first time, and then it went viral again, like, we don't know why again, like a few months later, but you know, it's been very affirming. And now we feel really like clear and where we're at, but we could have never have like made this, like sat down and done like a business plan, like Mm. four years ago, predicting where we'd be now because the world has changed so much too. Like people are changing and that's one thing I always like tell my clients in terms of like one of my intuitive business principles is like you have to be open and adaptable, especially if you're doing something that you want to be service oriented because mm-hmm. 
just shoving something down someone's throat because you perfected the product four years ago. If it's not helping people, that's not what they're resonating with, then like, you got, that's not service oriented. Like you got to mm. like go back to the drawing mm-hmm. board a little bit, which sucks and it's expensive and it's an <laughs> yeah. ego check sometimes. Yeah. And you see why people don't do it. But yeah, yeah that's, that was the journey of the decoder. Wow. Okay. First off, I just love what you said. I have a really great mentor who reminded me a lot when I was building holisticism, fall in love with the problem, not the solution, Mm. the solution that you've created for what you think is the problem, which is what happens so often, right? We're like, but I love my service that I'm offering. It's the, it's the key. If only people understood the value of it, it, of course it would go viral. If only people got it, people just don't get it. We think we have to do better marketing and we have to do whatever, like make the website prettier, redo our branding. When in reality, it's like, mm, maybe put a pin in that, go back to what the problem is that you're here to solve and listen to the people that, I mean, if you fall in love with the problem, you have to fall in love with the people with the problem. And that goes back to service, right? And goes back to humans and like why we're here. I love that you innately know that. And it's, I mean, probably because you've also been running businesses for a long time and business is just trial and error. Like, <laughs> so much. Really is. I think people like underestimate how much you're just like, well, let's hope this thing works. And if it doesn't, we got to fail fast and, you know, change things up. <laughs> it's so funny. It just reminds me of like, you know, it's like having like a toddler or something. We're like, I made this amazing homemade, beautiful baby food for you. And like, it's going to be amazing. Or like you get the expensive toy uh-huh. and then they just like want to play in the cardboard box. As an yes. entrepreneur, you're like, oh, that's the thing that you like. Okay, cool. Like, let me just go back and just work on that a little bit more. And like, but a lot of trial and error. And I am a big, like, I do bring a lot of the spirituality of everything I do in terms of like, like, honestly, I'm not that person with a perfect Instagram, perfect website. I never will. But like the energetics, I think behind what you're doing too are so important. Like you said, I'm like the problem and the people and that's why energy hygiene and taking time for myself and mm. clearing my energy and keeping my own bullshit out of my way as much as possible. I, I think it's important, like the intention behind what you're doing always versus the actual thing, especially nowadays. But I think sometimes people get so caught up in like, is this the perfect? It's not what matters. It's, it's not, not what people, matters. It's just flat, I say. It's like dead, yeah. like vibrationally. I'm like, that's just a thing. Whereas if like you're so clear behind like the why, before I put this post out, you know, what am I trying to say? How do I want people to feel? What's the thing that I want to activate in them? The like remembrance or the the awakening or the like, oh yeah, I, I need to hear that. Like I always say, everything I do is like transmission. I'm like, I don't, I'm not great. I'm stumbling over my words, messing up this post, spelling errors, but like the transmission, a lot of what I do is just like energetics and just having to release the perfectionism of the actual like final results. <laughs> mm, yeah. And there's so many archetypes that play into the perfectionism archetype. Like it's kind of propped up by other energies or identities. And sometimes it's that perfectionist is actually imposter syndrome. And so it's the, I'm not enough, or I want people to take me seriously because I don't think they're going to take me seriously. That kind of like rears its head in a different flavor. And I notice my perfectionism comes up as like lack of moving forward. Like I'm afraid to act because I, if I'm, I'm afraid to fail. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's easier to just not do the thing than it is to put the thing out and potentially get rejected or fail, even though that's stupid. <laughs> <You know? laughs> No, but I'm sure so many people are just like nodding, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, exactly that, like, paralysis of like, I'd rather just not do it than have it get done perfectly. Right. Then possibly fail, which is like, wow, what an arrested life you must, like, what if we made all of our decisions from that? We would never, we, would, we wouldn't live. But it sounds like you've, you've come to terms with so many of your identities and figured out how to walk between your identities. And I'm curious how astrology does that for you. It sounds like it, it, that sort of like metabolization of who you are came if with your second foray back into astrology. So how have those two things worked together? Absolutely. One of my dear friends, Colin Bedell, who has like queer cosmos. Yeah. He was one who like re-got me back into astrology in terms of like professional. He's like, you need to dive deeper into this. Wow. You need to study this. And I was like, I'm not an astrologer. Like, or I'm already doing a million things. And he introduced me to one of his mentors who was doing a class course. And 
I sat there and like my first day of class, I was like, oh my God, thank you. And I to call them after, I was like, this course is so great because it's helping me feel so much more grounded mm-hmm. and feel like everything I'm learning is so much more easy to wrap my mind around and like quantifiable. He's like, that's weird. Cause usually when people start studying astrology, it's the opposite. Like <laughs> it like opens them up to this weird universe of like so many possibilities and so much to learn. And I think my Virgo brain just likes the compartmentalization. And I always say astrology, it reminds us how like unique we are and how we're just one of us in our chart. Mm. It's so like wholly unique, but we're also so connected to everyone else. And mm-hmm. we all share like all 12 signs of Zodiac. We all have the same planets and same asteroids in our chart. So I was like, okay, like this is also giving me permission to like be myself in my own chart, but to also study all these different aspects of life that are interesting to me. Cause I love being an entrepreneur, but to be a healthy entrepreneur, you want to understand how's your community vibing? How's your community living? How's your sexual health and your intimacy? Yeah. How's your communications? Like, and the chart as this like wheel and graph, I'm like, these are the 12 like main areas of our life that we get to work on like every year and recommit to just one thing at a time, working mm-hmm. through the season or understanding like where we have a lot of superpowers in our chart or where we have like some obstacles and opportunities to grow in our chart. And it just helped me feel like permission to do all these different things I want to do at once without mm-hmm. having to like niche down or be like yes. just a, a sexual coach or just a <sighs> mindset person or just like, I'm like, no, I, I, and that's like the very mutable part of me is very expansive. I'm like, and I have to have things new that I'm studying to like feed my life force. So astrology, it's just expansive, but it's also digestible all at once. Mm-hmm. It gives me that perfect expansion contraction that I needed. And I love to do that for other people. Listen, when it comes to working on yourself, growing, stepping into yourself, self-actualizing, it can be really overwhelming. And the first step- <sighs> Yeah, like, it'll make you run. Make you run. It makes you be like, no, I'll go back to bed. I'm going to go back to sleep. No, see why no one does it. It's like, no. (laughs) But, you know, using your chart as your guide to yourself, first and foremost, and then using seasons and transits to know I don't have to do everything at once. Mm. I don't have to be all things at once. Mm. I can work on right now. Gemini season. All right. Time to re-up and reinvest in my communications check in with my friends and my connections. Like even something as simple as that, just working with the moon and the Zodiac is a game changer. Astrology always reminds me that life is long. We have so much time. We should live our lives simultaneously. Like we have so much time and also like deaths at our door and that you've got 30 years for Saturn to return back into your chart. So like you got some time to work on this thing. It doesn't have to be instantaneous and your identity can shift with the planets, with the moon, like the way that you perceive and see the world will shift. And sometimes you're, that's out of your control. And all we need really is to have awareness around it. And to yes. me, that's so like freeing. Awareness has been so freeing. Astrology has helped me understand how different we all are. And I will internalize something when something goes wrong. Hardcore, yeah. hardcore guilt tripping. And one thing that's astrology has helped me integrate this is just something that we're going through right now like mm. things aren't hard because you are inherently flawed or that you mess something up things are hard right now because that's the season that we're in or that's the transit we're in and that hardness is teaching you a different way of being or like living Maddie that's a big one. Oh my god I mean I, I could cry how much astrology has given me because I was like always that person like things are hard right now because I messed something up yeah. <laughs> right yeah and that pulls you away from everything pulls you away from people around you pulls you away from your joy it pulls you away from like your genius so that's a really common cognitive distortion I think that we see in wellness and spirituality and it's called heaven's reward fallacy that if you're good, good things will happen to you. If you're bad, bad things will happen to you. So if you do good things, then you deserve good things. And Mm -hmm. I feel like we see that a lot with manifestation talk, right? You manifested that, whether it's good or bad, because of your actions. Mm -hmm. And while, of course, our actions have consequences, it's not always linear. It's not always sensical. Right. And so we're saying that like, yeah, people who bad things happen to like deserved it or like what or they people asked. Who, yeah, they deserved like, it. They, they asked for it. What? It's kind of like, fucked up, you guys. <laughs> right, like when you, guys, I think this is. I know. Is, <laughs> I know. Uh, it feels and, a little too uh, 
dogmatic. Dogmatic, exactly. And it all comes back to this weird threads, back to like purity, culture, yes. Western Christian. I'm glad you said it because I was like, I don't know like, if I should say that right now, like, but feel, I kind of feel like that's where like, it comes from. It's like the great grandbaby of that way of thinking of like, oh, if you're good, good things happen to you. If you eat well and do all your perfect things, then mm-hmm. like, I know it's, I mean, this is one reason why I love you so much is like your critical thinking. I think, you know, we talked about on EQ on my podcast that like, oh, a few years ago, it was like weird to say you were in the spiritual space. It was embarrassing for a reason people not taking you seriously or discrediting your experience or gaslighting you or just making you feel like you're like unhinged in some way. Right. <laughs> now I almost feel like there's a new wave of a certain hesitation. Like my whole business is founded on like the spiritual space, but there has to be so much active work to be like, well, there are different levels of that. And there are people who are using these like beautiful spiritual practices in ways that are inappropriate, mm. problematic at best and super harmful and like mm. violent and like the other end of the spectrum. It's toughy. It's a toughie. I am getting triggered by a lot of things. I have to like take like many days away sometimes from social media. I mean, I love manifestation work. I do. I think you do have an ability to actively co-create your life. We all have different circumstances and experiences and we do have things that are bigger than us that, and that's why I really believe in, like talked about in your podcast, that community care. Mm. That's great if I'm manifesting all this amazing stuff for myself. But if I'm just like, kind of playing the same old game or like leaving other people behind. Like, what does that mean for what I'm manifesting? And, you know, that really famous meme that goes around, it's like, did you manifest it? Or is it white privilege? And like, I've had to have very, so many come to Jesus moments about myself of like, I manifested that. I'm like, or was that just a privileged moment where right place, right time, born into the right body. And that's why that happened. And so, but like the critical thinking, it's just good to believe in magic and understand it all. But then also like, how are you using it? You know, for whom are you using it? And where do you tiptoe into, oops, I just bypassed over some huge other issues or evidence that points in a different direction just to fit this narrative or this thing that I'm selling. I really admire people who have been in certain fields who have had things happen and then be like, my whole business was built on this teacher or this way of life. And now we're learning that that's a little problematic and I'm okay with like breaking that down a little bit. There's certain people I've seen in my field do that. And I'm like, I bow to you because that's really hard to do. And then on the other note, I see people who just like, plow on. Like, oh, they double down. Double down. Like, we separate the teacher from the teachings or like just act like they never even heard anything that happened. And I'm like, eek, 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 eek. Like it just makes me my whole body cringe and tense up. It's again, not about being good or bad. Like we have many different parts of ourselves, but the intention and the awareness is like very there. And I really feel that from you energetically. I feel it from you too. Maddie, this was such a delight. I'm so glad we got to spend our morning Yay. together. Ugh. How can people find you and learn more about what you do and listen to your amazing podcast? Yeah, so come on down, listen <laughs> to the podcast. We have the Cosmic RX Radio. You can find us at the Cosmic RX is like tools for daily cosmic wellness, cosmic revolution as we offer courses and certifications and group coaching for people who want to kind of step into their own change maker role in their life. And you can find me on my personal Instagram, like yours. It's mainly my dog, (laughs) my husband, who I call my life wizard, and (laughs) maybe the occasional theme party with my family. But that's at I am Maddie Murphy. (laughs) Beautiful. Maddie, it was so great to talk to you. Thanks for making the time for us. Yeah, thank you so much, Michelle. All right. That is our episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the 12th house. We're so happy to have you. Like I said, we are giving away 10X Your Community Constellation. It is our audio course to help people build their communities in a thoughtful, fun, magical way. And it's one of my favorite things to teach. It is one of the courses that people tell me change their life the most, which is really cool. And it's something that you can do. You can probably binge it in like a day if you really wanted to, if you're very motivated and begin applying it immediately to your life. So it's an awesome little course. And if you want to win it, you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot, and then send it our way via text. All right. I'll be back this Friday to talk a little bit more about intuitive business. And until then, I'll see you on the internet. Bye.